Dear Ann Landers, my husband Dear and I Abby, are in shock. I'm extremely upset. My son got married in Dear Ann Landers, I'm very happy to hear that his wife is working out of a woman here at She thinks way too much of herself. She had to get married. Dear Pod. We glossed over the passing of Olivia Newton-John. <gasps> I know. And <sighs> and the thing is, I think we need to dedicate at least six and a half minutes of talking about that. I'll eat. I'll, yes, I'll You'll see your six. I'll eat her. I'll I will eat, eat <laughs> Olivia Newton-John as long as she'll let me. I mean, I don't know what her family's going to say <laughs> about that. But hey. Ma'am, can you please get out of the urn? That is disgusting. Oh, like a Olivia, that ashes. breaks my heart. Even like joking about it, I it's know. so. I, it's. I'm sorry, it was too close to the bone. I had a funny reaction to that. Now I know we're a few weeks behind in discussing this because you're it's right. Fine. We had other things to talk about. Probably bathroom-related humor. Probably. It got the glossed weather, over. Your mother. Exactly. What she's wearing. Your mother. And Olivia Newton-John. Was like it, part of our childhood. That was I loved her. What other forty-five-year-old high school student or would can you we ever want to watch? Exactly. And what other have you watched the Twist of Fate video recently? No, but I have been <sighs> listening to that fucking song. There is like <laughs> there is a catalog of her songs where I'm like, how does not does anybody know this? Song? I like, mean, can you please I'm, appreciate it? Four decades too late, but I'm like, this is incredible. Well, my jewels, because he's just gay enough on the day of her death, decided to play Olivia Newton-John on repeat, which he has sure. a whole folder of. Who knew? This yeah. is how I discover things about him. Mm-hmm. It has to take an act of God for him for me to discover that he has a folder of Olivia Newton-John songs. Same way when we had a flood and I discovered all of his clown bits and pieces floating in the basement. We should not talk about that. <laughs> I can't. So he started playing the Olivia and she has a song catalog that could go on for two straight days. Mm-hmm. And you don't even know. Christmas songs. Yeah. Twist of Fate. Well, I kept repeating that because I really like that song. And that was in Stranger Things, right? Yes. Yes, it was. So she and Kate Bush are having a banner year as far as residuals go. Well, don't tell Olivia that. Well, her estate now. Right. Oh, she was young. She really, like, maybe this, did you ever hear the story of when she was like, she was like donating all of her stuff or raffling it all off and she raffled off her grease leather jacket for a charity no so she raffles it off and she like makes a killing and um uh she i think meets the guy that bought it and or something like that and then how much he, did he get like, a, like well give, yeah something crazy and he gives it back to her <gasps> the and jacket she's, she's like wait what what he's like you have to have this i'll give you the money but you have to have this and she was like Blown away. Oh. And it is hard pressed to find anybody that had anything negative. Like, there's something about her that was just so, like, pure. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, talented. And you're like, I understand you're 46 years old. You're playing a senior in high school. I buy it. And yeah. I don't give a shit what you're selling. You could sell me, um, like, a shovel, a bag of lye, duct tape, um, a tarp, 
a knife yeah. and I'd be like she is incredible I feel like she was delivered <clears throat> to this earth in a like a little bubble like a Glinda bubble just mm-hmm. arrived untouched and and was so talented I'm watching these interview, old interviews with her like from the 70s and she was gorgeous throughout her entire life gorgeous mm-hmm. stunning and never frowned like everything she like I guess she <clears throat> I was watching one interview where she was just like she they consciously like made a choice to, to like every day just think the best and the positive I'm like okay oh, now I have to be like Olivia Newton-John oh god be more how what would Olivia Newton-John do W-W-O-N-J-D mm-hmm. oh, what's that like being positive every day I just I mean anytime Grease comes on I'm like well I have I gotta watch this. Well, yeah, exactly. When you cancel your plans. Right. I mean, and I know you could watch it at any point online. But it's different. It is. If you catch it on TV, And then when stop she comes, you're, you're just like, I, I, I'm sorry, but no matter, I, I'm sure everyone is very talented who's put on Grease. But there is no one better than her. There is no Sandy Dombrowski. Well, Olsen. she was different. What was it? Sandy Olsen. Sandy Olsen because she was, she was from Australia. Yeah. Oh, God, what a crime. Well, I know this wasn't six and a half minutes, do you, but do you feel like you need to Yes, I swear. Like the further? Be- I think my favorite... What's your favorite part of Grease with her in it? What's her favorite dialogue? Um, I think it's, you're a, you're, a, you're a phony and a fake, and I wish I never laid eyes on you. And she throws the, like what, what, the pom-poms at him. Yeah. You're phony and a fake, and I wish I never laid eyes on ye. It is maybe the best two minutes of film because she's when it, that whole interaction it's like Denny Cindy uh, <laughs> then you made him Australian I can't help it Denny Cindy there's What's nothing the, wrong with the bidet is there What's wrong with you? What's the matter with me? What's the matter with you right here? Wait can I can I You're be Sandy? You'll be Danny. Ready? Ready? Danny? Sandy! What are you doing here? I don't know the next one. I, I came all the way from Australia. No, we had to change plans. No, wait, I'm Sandy. Don't oh. you take my role. This is the only chance I get to play it. Because other than Why that, I'm a... Who knows this? If you can't be an athlete, be an athletic that supporter. <laughs> That's been my role since I was 10 years old. That's Eve just Arden. sad. Yes. I was never a Sandy. Oh, that's, what if we hey, get to be a Sandy? If you can't be Sandy, you might as well be Eve Arden. I mean, let's, Ugh, I mean, honest. let's be real. Everyone wants to be like Sandy or Rizzo, but there are so many other parts in that. The most pure as the driven snow role I've ever played is that girl in our town, and I can't remember her name. Martha? No, the lead girl in our town it was like Emily or something. I don't know. I don't give a shit. Anyway, she was really pure. If you she were was to like, say you played the ladder, then I'd be like, <laughs> but, oh, that's great. But the fact that I've had this voice since I was 10 and I'm in our town being like, you know, uh, I don't know. Welcome to our town. Okay? We got, Wait, we got a dunce ingenue? over there. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> this is the weirdest that's production. That's the ingenue? It seems like it's the what ingenue's grandmother. I tried to raise my voice when I was in it. It just didn't work. And I remember I was in college and I'm like, it was, it was like some local theater so i was in college like i was older playing this role and like it's like a fever dream i can't even remember the details of this time of my life but i do i remember standing on a 
ladder. A ladder, yes. Oh, my God. That's what I said. Isn't that only, what they do? It's the, it's the only thing like I think on the stage. It's not just our production. Right. <laughs> and I believe it's in the notes. But. And I'm standing on the ladder trying to raise my voice, but I'm like, you know, all right, so I met him in our town. Ma'am, can you put the cigarette out? In our town, we... No, it's part of my character choice. Our town has one Applebee's and a new hemp store. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's this production. That's you. And then there's Olivia Newton-John. Denny. (laughs) She's 85 years old. (laughs) Denny. Oh my God! They're not the same. Now I have to go back. Remind me to Google Erin McGuire Art Town. It's got to be in some sort of newspaper somewhere. My my performance had to have been reviewed. I'm I'm sure. (laughs) Get on that, will you? Julesy's looking it up right now. I'm sure. Oh my God! Me and my poor Jules. So we've been doing a new thing to get into a nude thing. No, if this was actually, it wouldn't surprise me. A nude thing (laughs) to get into the city. We take a bus. Very fancy. But we oh. go to a park and ride, and oh, then God. we go from, like, Secaucus into the city. And it's actually, like, better, cheaper, faster, more reliable. Who knew? Yeah. We've only been here 10 years to figure this out. I get it. But I, they're every 20 minutes. Okay. And so they're coming at a more rapid pace. But I wanted to make the 11.20 last okay. night. I left the club at 11. Lower East Side... Got to get to Port Authority. Can I do it? No. You bet your ass I did. I don't know how the fuck you did that. Exactly. So 20 minutes. Never challenge me. I can rip open the space-time continuum in order to get to a train or a bus on time rather than wait. I don't want to wait at Port Authority. I don't want to wait at Penn Station. I will take it down to the wire. And I got a cab, amazingly, on a Friday night. And, of course, we go cross town, and cross town is hot garbage. In and 20 minutes? In 20 minutes. But here's the tea. So it flew. We, no, no, not him. Me. Get stuck at 6th Ave and 39th Street. It is 11.10 at this point. I okay. have to get to Port Authority. It's, it's like a video game. 42nd and 8th, third floor. Got to get there. 10 minutes. I am currently at 6th and 39th. When I say... If I am going to run a marathon, the way that they should take time mm-hmm. like to, to qualify okay. should be to motivate somebody to get a train or a bus so that you don't have to wait in Port Authority. I got out of there and I, Usain, bolted like nothing I have ever, honest to Christ, I, like on an average day, I run like a nine-minute mile. Had to be five minutes. I had to be in like runner elite my legs hovered above the sidewalk at certain points. And I was doing those things where, like, you're running around the people. So, you know, you're like, it's like a like an the obstacle OJ, course. The OJ commercial, the Hertz commercial. Oh, I thought you were going to be talking about the Bronco. <laughs> Same, though. He didn't drive. Same chase. But he didn't drive. But he was in it. Right. He was and that's all that matters. Well, it's different. Uh, and he killed a couple of people and got off. But what? A, Did he? Uh, anyway. We're really pulling hairs here. So, yes, I, I made it. I flew like nothing I have ever, like the wind. I was glorious. I was a gazelle. Okay. And I made it. I walked up those stairs, 1119, as this thing was boarding. 
And Jules is just standing there like a charge. Oh, hi, how you doing? I've been waiting here for 20 minutes. You know when you run so hard like your throat and your lungs burn, everything was on fire. No. And that you go so fast that the sweat takes like a half hour to come in afterwards. And when it does, like when you sit down... <laughs> that is like, <gasps> like are you you need a towel? No, I'm fine. Why? No, I know. I was what's his name in airplane when he's just sweating. Ted and Stryker. It, yes, I was Ted Strikering. It was disgusting, but we made it home. So cheers. Oh, children, what do you say? Should we get rolling? It's eleven. So what do you say? Is it time? What do you say? Uh, look at I'm looking at you. You know, we we got along very well without you last week, don't you think? Mm. Even though the kids were, the inmates were running the asylum, we did a very good job. That is not true. He's a dick. Gonna be a strange dick of fate. All right, I'm doing it. Okay. Welcome to Dear Pod, the comedy advice podcast. I'm your host, Pat Kinnan. (laughs) And I'm Bobby Christina Brown. And we're coming to you from the Maha'a Bar in the beautiful Pineapple Ranch. Can I hear it? And this week, oh, oh, wait, what did he say? Is it still going? It's Alfred Hitchcock. He said, oh, I love Alfred Hitchcock. And by love, I mean, eh, I'm neither here nor there. But I am here with you this week. We all are. And this week, like all weeks, we're bringing you the advice articles of Ann Landers and Dear Abby. We're hoisting them up and we're slapping a coat of primer and two cones of weather seal paint on them to make them look shiny and new. We're reading their articles, damn it. That's what we do this week and all weeks. So what are you waiting for? Follow us on your social medias at Dear Pod Official on your Insta, your Twitter, your face. Check out our website, DearPodOfficial.com. You can check out every last episode there. But really, you should be listening to it on Apple and rating, reviewing, subscribing, giving us thumbs up and stars and hearts and garters and whatever else is in a Lucky Charms bowl. Email us, dearpodofficial at gmail.com or slide into our DMs at dearpodofficial if you have an advice question that you would like answered on the air. Finally, and most importantly, our Patreon page, patreon.com slash dearpodofficial, where for a mere 3 or $5 a month, you can get extra special tidbits in your inbox every week. So if you join Patreon, you will see and get some updates and videos on the revamp of the sassy Maha'a Lounge. Oh, did I say that we were coming from the Maha'a Lounge? We're in the kitchen right now because it's a construction zone downstairs with heavy coats of of things, primers and and kills, whatever the crap that is. It, it gets in your nose and, and you're like, this can't be good to inhale. Kills the, fumes. the, uh, the, the primer? Shape. Yeah, the primer that, that stops things from <clears throat> molding. Yes, yes, and it yes. burns a hole in your face, and I'm da- I go down there, and, and Jules is like painting all this stuff on this the, the new bar, you know, all the shellacs and the lacquers and the gravy juices, berries, and I'm like, open a window. You got- there were no windows. I was like, you're gonna kill yourself down here. I'm gonna come down. There's gonna be a little Jules on the floor, and then I'm gonna have to use the life insurance to finish the bar. It's gonna be a strange twist of fate. Telling him that heaven can wait. Wait. That's that's Eve Arden singing it. It's gonna be a strange twist of fate. Welcome to our town. She doesn't sound like that. Our town is 
is a wonderful town. We got everything, baby. And that's right. We've got everything for you this week because, oh, wait, before I move on, though, I have to also say, yes, because I got to keep promoting it. September 13th, debut comedy album, Baseline Presentable, will be available for purchase and download, specifically on Apple again. We love Apple. Go pay, I don't know, $9.99 ducats or something like that. And, uh, A and, bucket of hair. And, and just push tones. me up the charts. I want, yes. We have to keep jewels in wax. So, you know. We got to start him in wax. We got to start him in wax, and then, we gotta, and, and then once he realizes the joys of wax, you got to maintain. The joy of waxing. The joy of <clears throat> waxing. Uh, James Donegan. Yes. Patreon subscriber. Was very concerned that in last week's episode about stepdads, we did not address enough of the porn genre. Haven't we talked enough trash and junk? I hear what he's saying. And I hear you. I see you. I also glossed over the stepfather movie genre, which like is what? when... There's not a lot of them. There, well, there's stepfather, one, two, three, four, five, however, where the guy marries a family and then he murders them. And all, like a perfect family and then murders them all one day. That's interesting because it's usually like, okay, so this week's theme is stepmoms. Yes. To counter that. Uh and then why is it that the stepfather is always murdering people and every stepmom genre movie is like, I'm just trying to fit in. Just trying to fit in with this family. I just need to make his kids love me. Are you referencing the... Um, classic? The classic stepmom with Julia Roberts and... Susan Sarandon. Oh, I was going to... Susan, gonna... I hate the government Sarandon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a girl at a show the other night and I asked her what her name was and she said Sarandon and I was like get out get out just put your drink down ma'am and please leave pour your drink in your purse and get out and I said what like Susan Sarandon she goes yeah I'm named after her and I was like they couldn't name you Susan who does that Sarandon was her name get out leave Wait, that's leave her first name. name her first name was Sarandon Sarandon yes like Saran Wrap yes but Sarandon Oh, I'm sticking to the chair. Oh, I thought you were farting. Oh, God, no. It's so hot again, you guys. So hot. Yeah, but we're not recording outside. We're in the, your But the it's, it's of hot in me. Uh, oh. So much heat. So oh, much I'm, so, I'm, I'm so hot Ooh. in me. Uh, so Will speaking of I'm hot so in hot. me, stepmom porn. Let's talk about mm. it. Okay. Well, we're going we're gonna to Let's talk about stepmoms, and we'll talk about stepmom porn. Okay. Well, I think... Just to get it off the plate, we need to talk about Stepmom, the movie. Oh, okay. Because most people will say, oh, I love Stepmom. Wait, then what's the one with J-Lo and Jane Fonda? Monster-in-law. Monster-in-law. Okay, so different. that's an in-law, different. Right. Stepmom is... Same writer, let's be real. Julia Roberts is dating Ed Harris because, naturally, <laughs> who was married to Susan Sarandon. She's a photographer, Julia Roberts. Okay. She moves in with him. They have two, two or three children that don't like her. Of course. Susan Sarandon, of course, is dying. Oh, God. His friends. But wait, isn't Diane Keaton also dying? Isn't that like, what is that movie? So, Family Stone. Family Stone. Yeah, okay. but there's no in-law. There's no, she's not a there's step. There's no stepmom. Okay. No. So Julie Roberts befriends Susan Sarandon. Then Susan Sarandon changes. And then she goes back and forth with love, hate, love, hate, love, hate. And, um, you know, eventually she dies. And then there's like the movie. There's Don't like the, give away the ending. Then I haven't the, seen it yet. Well, you know, when she says, I've got cancer, it's not going to end well. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not going like to end with, and I'm in remission. Yeah. 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 
And then they had like that five minutes of dancing in, you know, in the middle of the movie. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Of, uh, Montage? You know, yeah. The Ain't oh. No Mountain High Enough. Oh, Christ. In, like, I never I saw this. I don't know what Ed Harris does in this movie. <laughs> and I don't know exactly what Susan Sarandon does. Their house, so they're they're dancing, all the the entire family. Uh, oh, the children God. and Susan Sarandon are dancing to Ain't No Mountain High Enough. I, this house is so big that it's like Tara from Gone with the Wind. I don't know, like, where the fuck, they just keep walking in all these different rooms, like, where the, f- what, 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 was this inherited? Do they own a bed and breakfast and there's no one there? Uh-huh. It is the most preposterous. And they never address it. And he doesn't live there. So they have this, huge, she lives in this big fucking house. Now it's only her and two small children. Mm-hmm, in, like, a mansion. Uh, a manse. This seemingly end, endless home. Yeah. It's the Winchester house. Yeah. And yes. Just loads of doors and things. And then she dies. Oh, and then who gets that house? That's the big question. Well, that I don't, we, they didn't answer that. They saved that for stepmom too. Because Boogaloo. he lives in an apartment with I Julie would, Roberts. If I had that house and I was Ed Harris, I'd be like, I'll just take the North Wing. I would be like, I think it's time to sell this, bitch. What are you doing here? How do you heat it? There is a gay um, channel, if you will. Oh, tell me. channel, I mean, um, I don't really, I'm too old to know the, the real term for what it is. Internet porn? Uh, selection, if you will, uh, of, uh, you know, uh, like he's the stepdad and it's like, your mom's out, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden they start fucking. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't quite understand. But that's a whole category on the other side, too. Stepmom, I mean, really, let's be real. Porn has a category for everything. Yes. Yeah, and they're the ultimate inclusive resort. I, I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Appreciate. Appreci- <laughs> but I don't think I'd ever, I would feel really uncomfortable. I don't know. Maybe this is just me. I would feel uncomfortable with the stepmom fucking the son porn. I think I can kind of buy the, the stepdad well, that's because you're seeing through through gay colored lenses. Yeah, through the eyes of love. Yes, yeah. and on the wings of it too. Mm-hmm. So all this is to say, I just wanted to you know make sure that we gave this listener his you know. And then his as a out. result of this shout out, I would hope that he would bump up to the uh, extreme Patreon level, which or is he would Astra. film he would film his own stepdad or stepmom porn. Send it to us. We will evaluate it. Look, and then we'll play it on, on the next podcast. Dearpodofficial at gmail.com. Yeah. Just do what you can. Don't get Douche too close. Douche what you can. Douche what you can. <laughs> and slide into our DMs. Yeah. And then do a you know, musical montage in your house with your two children in a seemingly and vacant Sarandon, home. And who looks uh, angry at everything she's ever filmed ever. The other thing about stepmom is they're ready to go to bed. Every light is on in that house. She's She's a single mother, lives in this giant house. But he's all the paying li- it. Alimony. She's like, all the lights are on all night. Yes. Turn up the stereo. If I were her fucking neighbors, I'm like, you listen to <laughs> this fucking song one more goddamn time. I don't give a shit what you have. I'm going to fucking cut <laughs> I'm going to end the life now. Yeah. I'm going to make gonna pull this the quick and easy. Right now. <laughs> You're going to wish Julia Roberts was your only problem. You know that she was in there like, all right, I'm getting alimony from your father. Turn the heat up to 900. Turn on every device in the house, every light you've got. 
The other thing is that she's, you know, uh, seemingly, no matter what, she, Susan Sarandon's not going to be like uh, like a part of a quilting bee, right? She's never going to be that mom. She's like, I'm the cool mom, which, of course, you say that and it means you're that not. you're not the cool mom. Yes. So she's always going to be like that pseudo rock chick, which now she shat the bed on this. Oh, I know. But she's wearing like this nightgown, like, like my mom's night. My mom is 90. My mom wears a nightgown from like Little House. Like it's all the way down to her ankles. Oh, yeah, yeah. Susan Sarandon is wearing like a quilt with some lace around her neck. It's like, bitch, are you insane? She's ruffled and everything. Yeah, like she's what got, happened to the Bull sl- Durham gal? I don't know. I can't, I can't even wrap my brain around someone that's wearing flannel to bed, period. Oh. Man, woman, child, whatever. Mm-hmm. Sleeves down, down to your wrist and then you're... Down to your ankle. Absolutely. And then get into bed. And then, of Good course, night, she had Harris's the house by turning all the heat up. And, <laughs> like, all the and then it's like, I'm going to go to bed with like my huge comforter. She might as well just set her house on fire. This one's on dad. <laughs> you could set yourself on fire. Those nightgowns are wicked flammable. I know from experience as I grew up. And they're so itchy. They're so itchy. The only time that works is Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory when they're clearly since they all have to sleep in the same bed. Foot to head. Right. And it's fucking cold because they're all sick. Maybe it's they're all sick because they're all sleeping in the same fucking bed. I don't know. Newsflash. Maybe you're all sick because you're eating that weird, clear stew that she keeps making for you. And again, they don't don't have any money. They're all in the same bed. And yet, every light is on in that weird shack. It is so fucking bright. (laughs) Watch it again. Why is that single room hut hovel, whatever the fuck that place is, so goddamn well lit. Well, they had just gotten it. So they had just gotten lights, I think. So they're like, well, this is a new invention. It, Turn them like all on. the original bulb. The grandmother's all burnt on one side of her face. <laughs> can you can you wheel me can, away from this light bulb? Can we rotate bulb? the bed? <laughs> rotate the bed. We turn it quarter inch every five days. We're 55 minutes in. Read a goddamn letter. Oh! oh wow. Such a whip cracker. All right. This week's theme, stepmoms. Hit me. Okay. I'd love to. Literally. This is from the Daily Times News, Burlington, North Carolina, August 10th, 1976. Dear Abby, My husband and I just celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary. Three years ago, my father died. He was very wealthy and left everything to my stepmother. Last June, my stepmother, who is 11 years older than I am, was visiting my husband and me, and I found them in bed together. My world came crashing down, and I ordered her out of the house. After conferring with my two sons and their wives, I wrote a letter to this woman and told her I never wanted to see her again. She responded with a letter stating that, She has been in love with my husband as long as I have, and she could never say no to him. My husband asked me to forgive him, and he promised never to see this woman again. I forgave him, but this woman won't give up. She calls here, and if I answer the phone, she hangs up on me. I don't know whether she calls him at his office, but I assume that she does. My sons and their wives tell me that she she has called them, and they have slammed the phone down on her. Just when I think I'm getting over this terrible hurt, she calls and upsets me. Please tell me how to handle this. Signed, hurt badly. Murder. Murder. Yeah, that's your answer. Yeah. Yeah. We got a Glenn Close enough situation. Yeah. Watch some Dateline, figure it out, and then go to her house and murder her. Simple. (laughs) Duh. Duh. Dear Hurt, she sounds disturbed. Ask your lawyer what steps should be taken to put an end to this harassment. You don't have to tolerate that. Basically what she's saying is you should murder her. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you read between the lines. Oh, yes. And by read between the lines, I mean just tell her outright. Murder her. Yes. Can you imagine coming home and Jim is in bed with your... (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Stop. Let me me just set the scene in my head. Okay, wait. (laughs) Okay, so Jules is in bed. What time of day is it? I'll say like maybe three. Okay, that tracks. Go ahead. Okay, and your dad has remarried. Yeah, my right. yes. Your, okay, your your biological father is remarried. <laughs> uh, uh, another woman. That's what I'm going to call my father from now on. The biological. <laughs> this is my biological father, um, and he's remarried someone 11 years older than you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So 23. Uh huh. So yeah, and you come home, and it smells like bacon in the house. <laughs> Why bacon? I don't know. And you there's some Olivia Newton-John playing, and then you open up the door to the bedroom. And it smells like farts and bacon, and okay. it's your okay. new mother-in-law and Jim just porking till the end of time. Oh, there's the pork. Okay, yeah, you you landed the plane. Thank I was you. wondering yeah. where the bacon was coming there in. You go. Okay, so what's my reaction? R- I don't know what it is. What is it? I'm gonna say hysterical laughter. Why is that? I don't know. I, I would think it on? was because sta- <laughs> all the lights are on. Well, set the scene. Is it They're Susan doing- Sarandon? <laughs> Did my father marry Susan Sarandon? I fucking hope not. <laughs> Jesus Christ, every dinner would be like, I God, can't do that again. I, I can't God. argue every night. <laughs> She's so angry all the time. Jesus. I get it. She doesn't like Hillary Clinton. It's so upsetting, Christ. too, because somebody told me I reminded them of Susan Sarandon. Why do I get the worst? You know what? If you're going to say that you remind somebody of somebody... Think long and hard before you say what that is. I agree. You know, it's it. It could really. It's very dicey. You I've remind never me told of Shelley anybody. Winters in the Poseidon. Adventure. Exactly. What? It's like, oh, you remind me of Andre the Giant. Mm, it's not. Nice. Come on now, people. Think before you speak. That's that's my PSA for the day. Okay. So here's my question: Is this okay? What do I? How do, do you genuinely, like, genuinely, genuinely think you'd handle that? I think I'd probably, I would probably like, think. I'd be stunned and I was a people pleaser and I'd close the door and let them finish. <laughs> and then I think, I think something would happen where I'd go to the kitchen, I'd pull out all the knives and then I'd, I think I'd, I think I'd murder them. Because it's such a preposterous situation. You're like, well, I, you, you can never match know that. until you're in that situation how you would respond. You know, it's like what people say about 911 calls whenever they analyze them. And, right. you know, somebody walks in on someone who's been shot and the 911 call is like, hey, I'm going to need a car here. Uh, yeah, I walked in. <laughs> no, it's a because, sedan will be fine. Because your brain doesn't know where to, to categorize things. And especially my mess of a brain, which is an abandoned Walgreens, it's like, where are you going to put everything? <laughs> you, you know, I wouldn't even know how to. Okay, so it's like, stay Stepmom, ka, Jules, ka, bacon, ka. Like it's just, it would keep compounding. Well, in my I, brain. I think you'd have to like, you know, first process that okay, your mom has passed, your dad has remarried, but you have like that'll be like years ago. Mm-hmm. Like you, so right now it's the present. This is your husband. This is a woman that has been part of your family for a little bit. They're in your bed, ruining the sheets. Oh, clearly stinking up the place. Three hundred count. I, I would, I think I'd vomit. Do you ever wonder, like, if you get faced with an extreme situation like that, how your body would react? Have you ever had, like, something shocking happen and you're just like, <laughs> it's just that your body wants to react? I don't think so, no. I don't think I have either, but I, my answer is I would either shit myself or vomit, and I think I'd have a physiological reaction. And then I would have to... Murder them. Yeah. Yeah. 
wasn't until later when I was washing my blood, the blood off my hands, I even knew they were dead. And then you turned on Ain't No Mountain High Enough. And then I ate some bacon. Right. Yeah. Turned on all the lights. You know, yeah. Moth always threatens my father. <laughs> she goes, if I go first, everything goes to the kids. I don't want your next woman getting a scent. Which is to assume that he would be like, you know what? This Svengali. Yes, exactly. This charmer that is my father in his (laughs) 70s with feet that look like they could, you know, grip a tree branch (laughs) would be like, he has options lined up. They're coming for you, Jack. And if they do, everything goes right to the kids. We'll ask her about it later when we do the moth report. You'll see. She'll get get real steamed up too. Like it really happens. All right. I have an article for you from the Fort Lauderdale News, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, shocker, December 19th, 1969. Stepmom wants children out! This feels very us. Get ready. Okay. Dear Ann Landers, several months ago I married a divorced man who had custody of his three children. They are all under nine years of age. Ted's ex-wife has since remarried. She hasn't missed a visiting day in two years. The kids are always thrilled to see her. These youngsters are badly spoiled, and I can't handle them. I don't feel about them as a mother should, even though I'm a great actress. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, good for you. I'm afraid one day, and my name is Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. (laughs) Even though I'm Susan Sarandon, (laughs) I'm afraid one day I will betray myself and the truth will be known. How can I suggest to Ted that he let his ex-wife have the children? They seem very fond of her new husband, and he seems to enjoy them tremendously. When Ted and I discussed marriage, he asked if I could love and care for his children. I said yes, but I didn't know what I was getting into. Hurry your advice, Anne. The situation grows more tense every day. Signed, The Substitute. Dear Sub, the prime consideration should be the welfare of the children. Judging from your letter, they would probably be better off with their mother and stepfather. If my arithmetic is correct, you are facing at least a dozen of years of unwilling servitude. Children know when they are not loved. A stepmother who feels as you do cannot conceal it, no matter how good an actress she is, Miss Sarandon. Level with your husband, and let's hope he understands. Anne! You know what you were getting yourself into. Exactly. A. Under nine. Three. Under nine. That's your... Uh, like. I can't imagine being injected into a family. I was talking to someone about this the other day. Like, at a certain age, because I have a friend who's, who's like, divorced and looking to start dating again. And, and I'm like, you're always going to... There's not... You're going to find somebody who comes with history, baggage, a family, whatever, at a certain point in your life. Correct. And if they are in their 40s and they don't have any sort of history of that, then you worry even more. Are, are you, are you, are you thinking? I just, I don't know. I, I, I guess I. I would I, always feel like a stranger in a strange land. Yeah. I'd never be okay. It's I'd never like be used clothing. You're like, Ugh. They're not going to act like, especially at nine, if like these kids are nine, four, and three or whatever, they're never going to look at you and be like, that's my mom. No. And I don't want, I wouldn't, I, I couldn't even like, if they started calling me dad, I'd be like, this oh. is bizarre. <laughs> but I'd call you Zaddy. Zaddy. Now, it's pronounced Zaddy. Okay, children. Now turn the camera on and we're going to fuck. Now, 
Yes. Now grab these guitars. We need to make money. <laughs> now, get on TikTok. Now grab your legs and let's go. <laughs> Ew. I was starting to write a joke the other day about how Jules drinks scotch and what he does, he sounds like a pedophile because he's talking to people like, have you tried this 10 year old? And so I had, I was looking, whenever I start to write a new joke, I'm like breaking down, see how far I can go with it. But I'm trying to find the, the comparisons between scotch drinkers and pedophiles. So I wrote one category scotch drinkers and wrote down all the facts about them and then i was like now what about pedophiles and then i googled pedophiles which is not a good imprint that you want to leave on your computer no i'm always assuming that the feds are going to need my computer for something (laughs) so yes i was googling pedophiles and don't do that you guys don't do that i well, i wouldn't um i need it i need it for a joke how do you explain that to the good people when when they take your computer that joke better be awesome. It will be the best. Jo- it's going to pay. It has to. <laughs> it's going to pay my really bail. Land. <laughs> Otherwise, you're. So uh, if you guys can see any more comparisons between scotch drinkers and pedophiles, let me know. And in the meantime, hit me. Okay. So this is from the Pittsburgh Press, July 19th, 1976. Dear Abby, six years ago, I married a divorced man whose sons came to live with us because their real mother thought they would be better with their father. They were then 11 and 13. I love these boys and think they feel some feel some affection for me, yet on Mother's Day, they always remember their biological mother with flowers, and I don't even get a card. In six years, I've done a ton of laundry, mended their clothes, cooked for them, shopped for them, and spent hundreds of hours chauffeuring them around I've nursed them when they were sick and listened to their troubles. I lectured them about sex and drugs, instilling in them decent moral values. I couldn't have done more had they been my own biological children. Their real mother has had very little time for them. She never took them on a trip or asked them to spend a holiday with her. She phones occasionally and makes plans to be with them, but if something better comes along, she cancels. I think stepmothers deserve a little recognition on Mother's Day, Just because we didn't bear the children doesn't mean we don't feel like real mothers. It would be a kindness to all stepmothers if you would print this. Signed, Hurt on Mother's Day. That was a slow lean on me clap for Hurt. Trust! Dear Hurt, I have long held the the view that giving birth to a child doesn't make a woman a mother any more than owning a piano makes a person a musician. Why would you own a piano uh, <laughs> if you don't play it? I was saying. But the woman who takes a child into her home because she wants to and raises that child with love and understanding is, in every sense of the word, a real motherfucker. A real, whoa, <laughs> that took a turn I did not see coming. Imagine doing that in the editing. She's not pissed at all. I listen to them. I wipe them. I clean them. I do, their, I do everything for I them. I want an edible arrangement, goddammit. And not some fucking pineapple again. No! I would want the pineapple one. That's the best thing. I need strawberries, chocolate-covered strawberries in my edible arrangement. Ah. I feel like it's the same with adoptive mothers. You gotta give them props. Why would you not get her a card, dicks? A card. It's $1.99. Not anymore. Have you seen card prices? Ah, inflation. Every time I go to grab a card... That's when I become the old man with a sawed-off shotgun on the front lawn. Every time I'm like, four fifty nine <laughs> for a crappy Hallmark card. This doesn't even sing to me. This doesn't have a little, a little 
melody on the inside. No. You can't find a 99 cent card anymore, you know. All right, so this is a counterpoint to my last article because we okay. have to get the other side of the coin. This comes from the Nanaimo Daily News. Nanaimo, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, oh, June 29th, 1972. Stepmom calls a lovely tune. Dear Adlanders, there's another side of the story besides the one expressed by the young widow who married a man with three impossible brats. <laughs> Ten years ago, I married a widower with five children. I had two of my own. My husband's brood ranged from 14 to 6. When I married their father, these children were stealing, smoking pot, and having trouble with teachers and neighbors. They were rebellious and disrespectful. Deep down, I knew why. They had been deprived of a mother for most of their lives, and they were bitter and undisciplined. Within a week after I married and moved into our new home with my two youngsters... One of my stepdaughters told me she hated me because I had married her father for the money. Another stepdaughter broke my little boy's nose. The ten-year-old stole $15 from my purse. The six-year-old set fire to the garage. These are sociopaths. They're not children with... Set fire to the garage, six years old. This is like problem child times five. Yes, with uh, classic John Ritter. Yes. I was determined to conquer the situation with love and understanding. The first thing I did was call a family meeting and lay down rules. The children acted mad, but they really loved it. No one had ever set limits for them, and they viewed my toughness as a sign that I cared. From then on, it was a matter of keeping my word, serving as referee, counselor, and above all, a loving presence. Today, these children are good citizens, good students, and I am immensely proud of them. My husband calls me the miracle worker. I say, our town had a miracle worker. (laughs) I say the change of their lives was no miracle. It was the natural byproduct of love. Signed, Cleveland Mom. Dear Mom, what can I say? Except beautiful and that's oh, it. She oh. put ellipses in, so I read that with the ellipses. Oh, okay. She wanted to really drive home how she felt about this stepmother being so good. If your six-year-old sets a garage on fire, you need more than a therapist. You need a straitjacket. I can't even... So if you have one child that burns her house down... Just the garage. R- right. But that's to make room for the tent. Yeah, because plans <laughs> on getting married in 20 years. <laughs> And then you have like four more that are just like antagonizing you. So you're just like in this gauntlet of torture. Oh, that's a perfect way to put it. Like, absolutely. Like, so every day you wake, you wake up in like a fucking nightmare booby trap. Yeah. I think you wake up and you, you lift your head off the pillow and then you turn around and realize they cut your hair while you slept. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, you're actually floating in the pool. So then you like roll over and then you nearly drown. Then you go to the bathroom and every there's been saran wrap placed on top of it and you're unaware of that. And they put... Blue dye in the uh, shower head. We've watched way too many like wacky 1980s comedies about yes. kids causing problems. I've watched Home Alone 2, Up the Wazoo. Oh, any, any can- <laughs> that's, that's the <laughs> Home newest Alone version. 2, Up the Wazoo. <laughs> Kevin gets fucked that by his dad. That was actually the original pitch for that movie. And they were like, whoa, 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 step back. We have to use what already exists. That, uh, yeah. We can't go too far away. So from these this. two guys rob him. 
And, and then, then they fuck. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, back, 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 back. Wait back, a back. minute. Kevin is still 12. Oh. oh. Huh. Okay. Can we make him 18? Oh, can we jump forward in time? It's a sequel. Uh, I, let's just workshop it. <laughs> Instagram mail, Instagram mail. Every light on is meat. in this house. God damn it. I'm having meatloaf. It's 110. Send the bill to your father. He is an asshole. Turn on the lights and turn on the heat and turn on that blender and the dishwasher and washing machine and dryer. Because I'm Susan Sarandon and I'm very angry at Hillary Clinton. Don't forget to vote. <laughs> but only vote for the things that I want you to vote you for. I don't know why everyone puts me on these news programs because I'm just a stupid actress. I'm a pundit now. From Bull Durham to exhausting pundit, one woman's journey. <laughs> I can't wait to play Susan Sarandon in a biopic. Oh, Sign me up. I'm available. That's all I'm saying. And if there's SAG minimums involved, I need health insurance. All right. So we have an Instagram mail question for this week. You can email us, dipartificial at gmail.com, or slide into our DMs. If you send us a question, we could answer it right here on the air. We're unqualified. So let's do it. Could answer it. Could. Should. Dear Pod. It has come to my attention that my husband of 10 years just informed me that he never brushes his teeth before bed. (coughs) He only does it in the morning and occasionally during the day if necessary. It's like I married a monster and I don't even know him. I don't know what to say to him other than he could never kiss me goodnight again until he changed course. Was that too harsh? And how do I encourage him to join the human race and brush his damn teeth? Signed, Sweaters on His Teeth in Saratoga. Hmm. That's disgusting. It is disgusting. It is. I will say it outright. That's Go ahead. disgusting. Dear, I don't want to be judgmental, but that's disgusting. It's just, oh, I'm, I always want to be judgmental. Whenever anybody that's, says I don't want to be judgmental, but you're, you want to be judgmental. Well, it's okay. The but is usually the exactly. The yeah. I'm Here just, comes the judgmental. It's Here the comes it's the, the southern mental. version of uh, bless her heart. You know. Right. Mm-hmm. Dear sweater, you pack your bag and you get the hell out of there. What else is he hiding? A severed head in his briefcase? A cup full of fingernails in the glove compartment? Can't you smell his death breath? Are his teeth just loaded and crusted over with rotten bread and cheese when he goes to bed? You drop him off at the dentist immediately, and you make him sign in and out every time that he brushes his teeth, like he's a toddler and needs a gold star. And always, always, always (laughs) withhold making love. It's the one thing that you can hold over him. Unless, of course, it's been years and you'd rather blow a squirrel than your husband. Start there and see where it gets you. And for the love of Christ, have a bottle of Listerine at every sink in every room, even in the car. This letter makes me sick to my stomach and I brush three times a day. Floss, water, pick, scrape, bleach. I do it all. So if a tongue is coming for me, it better match my breath at least. Oh. That was well stated. Well stated, all of it. Very educated. Yes. Here's what Anne has to say. Dear Sweat, was that being too harsh? I think it wasn't harsh enough. If that were me, I would have my divorce lawyer on speed dial and his bags packed. Imagine living a whole life not brushing the filth off your teeth before laying your head down at night. I can't because I'm not a disgusting human being. I'm sorry if you think that's harsh, but is your husband unaware of the bacteria that builds in a gross mouth during the day while you're shoving your 
Jimmy John subs and Mountain Dew down your gullet? This can lead to a host of other problems like tooth decay, cavities, gum disease, and complete lack of sexual attraction. Gross. What your husband needs is a good old-fashioned scared straight program. Pop, prop him up in a chair, clockwork orange style, and force him to watch hour after hour of dental extractions on YouTube. Show him the early photos of Michael Caine smiling as a cautionary tale. Oh that guy could eat corn through a picket fence. Tell him if he doesn't start working brushing into his nightly routine, he'll lose a bunch of other nightly routines if you catch my drift. No blowies. Hold his teeth to the fire on this one. A lack of dental hygiene is a non-starter. Good luck, you pitiable son of a bitch. And happy hygiene, Anne. Anne wrote that really quickly because it came from a place of, uh, you know, emotion. And when you feel it surging as a reaction to what's been stated before you, you just have to kind of write, baby. I may not be the most avid flosser. I do floss. I floss every day. If, um... If I didn't brush my teeth, no, at, I don't understand how that happens. I would. I don't understand how you wouldn't feel gross. Right. You would like wake up at three a.m. Like, how tired uh, are you? I, I am never too tired to brush to teeth. skip that step. And my nightly routine is getting longer and longer as the years pass. I have to start at like two p.m. I slaughter a goat. Mm-hmm, I sure. save prayers. I chant. I burn incense. Then I start the moisturizing. That takes about two hours. Oh, my God. And then I move on to the spackle and the trowel, and I start chiseling. <laughs> and then I apply. And then there's plastic. the shaving, yeah. face shaving. And then, uh, yeah, then I kill a virgin. <laughs> shaving. And then, uh, yeah. And then is it smudge an electric the shave, or is it uh, oh, I'm, Do people still use electric shavers? I have such memories of my father using that electric shaver, and I was like, it's a Norelco. I can see it in my head. Yes, because that's like the only commercial. <laughs> yeah, that's all we got. Just Men have one option, a Norelco. Norelco, like that, I forgot the guy's name. Jim would probably know it. That, that sells, he was like the spokesman for Norelco. Norelco spokesman. As close as a blade or your money back. Oh, that feels like it's, uh, who's the guy who's in the, the NRA? Charlton Heston? Yeah, it feels like Charlton Heston. Mark Gastineau? No. I don't know who he is. But anyway, you cut it. Men had Norelco, and that was it. And it always looked like it just didn't do anything. Well, no, because it doesn't get as close as a blade. Yeah. So if you want to, like, maintain a five o'clock shadow, maybe Norelco is the brand for you. Yes. Norelco, just enough. Is that Norelco. their tagline? Mm, close. <laughs> Norelco, close, but uh, no cigar. Glenn Close, but every cigar. All right, let me get the, uh, let's do let's do the specialty cocktail. Okay. And then let's get some food. Do you want to go to Northfield Diner? Okay. Wow, that All is right. really yellow. Is, is that called canary wine? Um, it's very buttery. Okay. This is my favorite. I, my favorite of the Chardonnays, but okay. I'll get into that in a second. Hold on. Okay. Chardonnay. All right, you know what it's time for? It's time for our final segment. It's... Time for a specialty cocktail, specialty drink. drink. I just shifted in my chair, and it sounded like I let one rip, but I swear I didn't. Whoever smelled it, I promise you that my skin is sticking to this chair because it's hot outside. What does this have to do with the specialty cocktail? Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) That's so good. 
We even harmonized a little. We're so talented. All right, this week's specialty cocktail in honor of our stepmother theme is Chardonnay. Chardonnay, I love her. What do James Jules Ferris and a glass of white wine have in common? They're both a bit oaky with great legs. All right, so here's the ingredients. Are you ready? Yeah. One bottle of your favorite Chardonnay. Go on. That's all. Oh. Uncork your bottle, let it breathe for a while, and pour into a white wine glass. Now, I, before we move on, I hate stemless glasses. I hate a stemless glass, especially with a white wine. Why? I just hate stemless glasses. I just, I just, I like, because you know why? You're touching the thing, and it's heating up the wine. And Chardonnay is best served ice cold, and you hold on to the stem, and you do not get involved with muddying up the waters of your beautiful shard. Shard. I've, I've said a lot of basic bitch things in my life, but that is definitely up there. All right, here is shard. tasting notes. Whether you were a stepmom who had you deal with her new husband's spastic children all day, an Italian mother-in-law who adds ice to her glass before pouring, or an overworked producer of a comedy advice podcast who wonders if his two hosts will ever stop talking about their bodily functions. Yuck! You all deserve a large glass of this green-skinned grape variety at the end of your day. In France, Chardonnay is the second most widely planted white grape variety. The grape first rose to prominence in the Chablis and Burgundy regions, the California wine regions that seem to favor producing premium quality Chardonnay are the ones that are most influenced climactically by coastal fogs that can slow the ripening of the grape and give it more time to develop its flavors. And New York wines, especially the ones coming out of that wall, those Long Island wineries, well, they suck. No, really, they do. No matter what country it comes from, chill it, open it, and drink it, damn it. You're pouring yourself a glass of Chardonnay. How bad can your life be? And that is Jules' tasting notes. I'm going to cheers you. This is my favorite Chardonnay. It's butter. Butter shot. It's been a while. Oh. I love it. See, I've gotten out of the habit of drinking wine. Don't tell me why. Because I, I like it so much, and oh. I don't. I want to. Honey, it's not about you. Okay, it's it about is. me You're and my relationship it. with wine. What? Because you were overwining yourself? Did I you think feel so, like you yeah. were going too hard? Yeah, and I just wasn't. I don't. I, I guess I just wasn't getting the same. I don't know. You soured on it. <laughs> <laughs> you got grapes. sour grapes. Yeah. Uh, it just wasn't giving you the buzz you wanted, or I think it was just like the feeling afterward was just like, oh, this is gross. You were getting headachey, bloated, because you know you don't know what's in. And we've already talked about this. So you don't know what's in <laughs> I wine. know, and you're gonna ruin it for me. Right. <laughs> don't ruin my wine. I have only few things in my life that give me joy. This tastes like toes. Oh, I love it. But maybe that's just me. Oh, it's my favorite. I'm way into feet. No, I'm not. This is, I can't even joke about that. This is butter shot is my favorite of the shots. It's like how you just kind of throw out some kind of sexual fetish of yours. I'm really into feet. <laughs> I just dropped. I guys, love to be do choked. You guys, <laughs> this Chardonnay is great. So I was thinking about making sandwiches. By the way, I'm really into choking. <laughs> I like to be sliced down the back. Anyway, you guys, I'm thinking about getting some potato chips. Oh my God, later. just come in my, my hair. What? <laughs> I need you to pop balloons on my so chest. So anyway, we went know. to we this to great to restaurant. We need to go to Bed Bath & Beyond. We go to the Home Depot. <laughs> if you could just come in my hair, that'd be great. 
Oh, <laughs> oh, we're classy. I can feel it burning a little in a good way. I feel that toastiness. Maybe it's because it's noon and we haven't had any food in our body. Could be. Could be. <laughs> it could be the no food speaking. Um, oh, good God. Uh, I was going to say something else. And then it went out of my mind because the Chardonnay. Am I right, ladies? Am I right? See, now it's... Now it's extra chilled. What? Yeah. <gasps> That's such a, a Joe Allen way of serving wine. Yeah. Put it on top of ice, not in it. Ice never goes in wine. I've had to talk to my mother about this. Sit her I down and I say, know. look, I don't know how they did things in the original Father of the Bride, but... <laughs> but in this one, there's... <laughs> but in this one, Kelly Williams wears sneakers. And she fucks her dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the tent. Father of the Bride 3. I paid for this tent. Take your dress off. We're fucking in the tent. Oh, wait, that was Father in the Bride. Very different. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? I... I somehow, I was making both movies and somehow the pages were stuck together. <laughs> I don't know how they got stuck Steve together. Steve Martin's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't remember this My part. agents didn't tell me anything about this. I have a guy who reads all these things before I green light them. Kimberly Williams is just like naked in the tent. Are we doing this or not? <laughs> Where is everybody? You know, I'm getting paid SAG minimum. And I mean SAG. <laughs> Let's just like, can we have a dimmer switch? Diane this is- Keaton. Oh my god! I didn't know what that was. Oh, you put it the ground. That scared the shit out of me. I was like, "Earthquake!" Diane Keaton's here. It is. Diane Keaton's at the door. Diane Keaton in a sex scene. Can I have another turtleneck? No, no, no. We need to take them off. <laughs> I know. I'll be naked from the waist down, but so I Kimberly's going to be naked. Put another turtleneck on Diane, please. <laughs> and can you make it go just above her nose? She's not even in the scene. I know, she's in the trailer, but. <laughs> Joking on my Chardonnay. This episode of Deer Pod is mixed and edited by Jim Ferris and is a property of Pineapple Ranch Productions.